just to put this in context, we would build an entire website for people and do all their marketing and their website would convert at 1%, which is not bad. It's like one out of a hundred people opts into your list. We built the quiz and we put it up on a landing page. That landing page converted to 75%. It was just like, we would work so hard on these websites and then the quiz beat everything. Yeah. And we knew we couldn't ignore that. G'day folks, Troy Dean here from WP Elevation. And this week's feature guest is Josh Hainham from Interact. Interact are an online quiz software company. And if you've ever wondered how to increase your opt-in rate and increase the number of leads you're getting from your websites, then online quizzes are the absolute creme de la creme of interactive tools you can use to increase your conversion rate and get more leads for your business and your client's business. You definitely need to be across how online quizzes work. And it's not just about the software, it's about the psychology behind it. We explore all that and more in this week's episode with Josh Hainham from Interact. Stay with us. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. Just before we get into this episode of the WP Elevation Podcast, we'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, GoDaddy Pro, who help us make this all possible. But instead of just giving you a spiel about how great GoDaddy Pro is, we thought it would be more interesting to introduce you to a GoDaddy Pro customer, a WordPress consultant just like you, and see what kind of work they're doing with their clients and the impact they're having on their community. Cindy Schafstahl of Spider Trainers has focused her business on promoting her local community. GoDaddy Pro Tools helps her achieve success by giving her the ability to gain access that she needs to make that happen. Uh, Yes, I'm Cindy. I'm from a company called Spider Trainers, and our mission for the last two years has been to promote the area that I moved into. Um, It's a very small town in northeastern Arizona, We live in towering pines, it's absolutely lovely, but it's also very small and sort of, um, I don't wanna say slow, but they're maybe slow to catch up. So they're not, they haven't been introduced to new technology. So when I came up here, very few people even had websites. Um, And the town was one of the people that, or one of the organizations that didn't have a website. And I realized that as an entrepreneur, I could have a direct impact on the town's success in marketing themselves as a tourism uh, or as a tourist destination. So I um, won a contract to build a new website for the town. And once it got built, they couldn't get a hold of their domain name. So, of course, we worked with GoDaddy for seven months trying to get control of a domain name that an old developer had. Um, all the while, this website was just waiting to launch. So once the town site was up and we started getting data about that, I started working with the Chambers of Commerce and their nonprofit organizations. We've gotten great data off the various websites and GoDaddy hosts everything. So my GoDaddy Pro account is really what gave us that success because we were struggling with you know, gaining rights to domain names and being able to bring all of these sites together. Where can people find you online to learn a little bit more about what you do in your business? We're at spidertrainers.com, but our business is really, we're this community. So it's pinetoplakeside.com and pinetoplakesidechamber.com and sholochamber.com. For more information about GoDaddy Pro, visit godaddy.com slash pro for tools to support your business. Okay, now let's get back to the show and see if we can help you take your WordPress consulting business to the next level. Hey, Troy Dane here from WP Elevation, and I'm very pleased to have with me Josh Hainham from Interact. Hey, Josh, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. 
Oh man, thanks for joining us. I'm super excited about this, uh, this call because as I was saying, uh, in the pre-roll, this is the one part, this is the one thing in my business that I've been trying to work out for the last couple of years and I cannot figure it out. So I'm really excited to basically pick your brain and just get some free consulting out of you. <laughs> perfect, perfect. And you are, you are not alone. There are so many folks out there that have that same scenario. They've thought about this, they've seen it, they've heard of it, whatever the case may be, but they have not done it yet. And yeah. we are kind of the experts in taking people from that place to actually getting it set up. Awesome. Of course, we are talking about uh, generating leads and driving sales using quizzes. Uh, there has been a huge explosion in the online survey quiz space over the last two or three years. Uh, there, there, you know, there's a bunch of startups and a bunch of software out there. Um, but for me, it really comes down to the psychology of, of because we, I've tried this in the past and it's bombed. Like, so it's not like, it's not like I've looked at this from afar and gone, well, maybe we'll do that one day. I've actually, I've dived in, I've tried to do this and you know, it just hasn't worked. So I'm looking forward to exploring that a little bit more in detail. Um, just before we get there though, what's a little bit about your background? How did you come to, cause I mean, I've, you know, I've trawled your LinkedIn profile and had a look through your Twitter stream and I could just, you know, regurgitate that, but I'm more interested in hearing from you. How did you get to the, 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 the place in your career and in your life where you were, where you, uh, cause I believe you're a co-founder of Interact, is that right? Yeah, that's right. That cool. Right. So how did, how did that come about? What, what problem were you trying to solve and what were you doing before you launched Interact? Yeah, so I'd say it happened accidentally on purpose. And what I mean is that it was kind of happenstance that I ended up doing what I'm doing now. You know, becoming the foremost quiz expert in the world is not something that I ever planned on doing. <laughs> I don't think anybody would. You'd be weird if you planned on doing it. Let's just say that. <laughs> That'd be strange. But... What I did plan on doing was creating something. And I've been fortunate to create a huge part of this quiz market. And I love doing that. But the way that I got here was when I was really young, like 15 years old, I was faced with a situation where I wanted to get a job, but I couldn't get one. So I created my own. And since then, I've been creating my own job the entire time. I've never actually had a job and I'm 25 now. So nearly half my life has been spent creating jobs. And now I'm fortunate enough to be in a position where we're creating jobs for other people. And we're also creating an industry. So it's really, really exciting to be here. Uh, but again, it's kind of accidentally on purpose. Wow, that's awesome. Um, and so why, why quizzes? Because you're right, like, I don't imagine any 15 year old kid says at school, when I grow up, I want to lead the interactive online quiz market. Why, why quizzes? Yeah, and that that was actually by accident. So in the interim between a couple of companies that I had started, there was a lull and I met up with my co-founder of Interact, Matt, and neither of us were really working on anything, but we were product people, so we loved building products. So in the time where we were kind of not doing much, we started doing uh, web agency work. So we mm -hmm. just took on projects for people. Mm -hmm. And one of our clients was a sales consultant and he asked us to create him a quiz. Mm -hmm. And the quiz was titled, What's Your Sales Personality? Mm -hmm. And we built that. And just to put this in context, we would build an entire website for people and do all their marketing and their website would convert at 1%, which mm -hmm. is not bad. It's like one out of a hundred people opts into your list. Mm -hmm. We built the quiz and we put it up on a landing page. That landing page converted to 75%. <laughs> it was just like, we would work so hard on these websites and then the quiz beat everything. Yeah. And we knew we couldn't ignore that. So yeah. over the last nearly five years now, we have turned that into a platform 
where anyone can do that. And now you can use our platform, replicate that template of the what's your sales personality quiz and put it on your website in about 15 minutes. The first one we did took us three weeks to build <laughs> and it was all custom. So things have changed, but that is how we accidentally became the quiz experts. Awesome. Love it. Um, and it's a pretty, you know, it's either, it, it's usually you're scratching your own itch or you build something for a, for a client, which you, you then look at and say, Hey, there's something in this. Um, and you know, and it's funny, isn't it? Like I, I got a couple of buddies who run a business next door called lead chat, which is basically live chat widgets on your website, but they're, but they're manned by real people. Right. So, mm. so you have this interaction, this, this great interaction with your website users. And they're like, over the years, they've tried every single growth hack possible. And they come back to the, the basic fundamentals, which is let's have a conversation with people and watch our conversion rates go through the roof. And I feel the same about quizzes. It's like, you know, the web was never meant to be a broadcast technology. It was always meant to be interactive. And yet before quizzes, websites were kind of like electronic brochures. They were just like pushing out and broadcasting this message. And there was no way you could actually interact and you know, and when quizzes came along and I sort of first became aware of them, you know, maybe two or three years ago, I was reminded of the choose your own adventure books I used to read when I was a kid where, you know, you'd get to the end of a paragraph and it would say, if you, you know, if you want to play the flute and make the snake come out of the hat, go to page 43. If you want to chase the criminals down the alleyway, go to page 38. And I'd be like, what do I want to do? You know, and I felt like I had some kind of skin in the game. Um, cool. All right. So, so let's, let's dive in here. There's, there's two scenarios I want to run past you. First of all, for those that, for those that don't have never done an online quiz before, what is the, what's the first thing you need to think about before you start planning the quiz? Yeah. So before you start planning a quiz, the first thing you need to think about is who is in your audience? Who are the people that I sell to? So if you're a sales consultant, it makes sense. It's easy. You're selling to sales people. If you're selling coffee, you're selling to people who like coffee. If you are selling jewelry, you are selling to people who like buying accessories. Mm -hmm. So once you've identified who is in your market, which is really important in all aspects of your marketing, but specifically mm -hmm. for a quiz, then you want to figure out what are the subcategories of those people. So if you go back to the sales example, what are the types of salespeople that I sell to? And what I mean by that is the personas. So mm. maybe you have your networking salesperson. This is the guy that just goes to meetups, goes to in-person face-to-face meetings all the time. That's how that person does sales. Mm. Then you've got your social media person. It's a LinkedIn guru, all over Twitter, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Then you've got your analytical salesperson. So they've got all sorts of sales funnels set up for their business, right? So you have identified three distinct personas and you can do the same thing with coffee, light, medium, dark roast. Those are three distinct type of coffee drinkers. You do the same thing with jewelry, flashy, classical, chic, three different types of jewelry consumers. So once you've got those identified, then it becomes really, really easy to go through and create a solid quiz. But if you don't know those, it's not going to work. You're not going to be able to do a solid quiz. So you want to make sure you know exactly who is in your audience and what are the subcategories. Once you've got that, I can run you through how to make a perfect quiz in about 10 minutes. Cool. And is three kind of the optimal number? 
anywhere between three and seven. So okay. depending on the types of people you sell to, maybe they are very different. You know, if you're selling to people and it's clothing, there's lots of different styles. Okay. If you're selling to people and it's coffee, there might not be as many. Like, you know, they might be limited to light, medium, dark. So it really depends on your industry, but three to seven. Sure. And, um, and, and so then before we get into actually how to construct a quiz, um, what happens at the, well, like, what is the purpose of putting a quiz up on the website? What happens at the end of the quiz? Yeah. So the purpose of a quiz is Legion. So mm -hmm. a quiz will get you email subscribers and it works incredibly well. Mm -hmm. When you replace a standard opt-in lead magnet with a quiz, mm -hmm. we are seeing opt-ins double on average, like average wow. doubling, not just some case study across all the customers we have, it doubles. So you put it on your website, you replace the existing opt-in off offer mm -hmm. or on Facebook, replace mm -hmm. the existing opt-in offer, get twice as many leads. Awesome. I'm excited about that because I'm looking at a hot jar dashboard right now on a, on a, um, a big screen in the office and our current landing page is converting at about 35%. So if I'm going to run a quiz and I can get to 70%, I'm very excited about that. Yep. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Um, and so at the end of, Typically speaking, my experience with quizzes is you go through a series of questions, you answer the questions, you kind of get led down a, a path based on your answers. And then at the end of the answers, you sign up for either your results or a scorecard or some kind of helpful report or lead magnet that will help you solve your specific problem based on what you've told the quiz and, and the way that you've answered those questions. Exactly. Yep. Cool. That's how it works. Okay. So how do you feel about like just me coming up with an example and let's just kind of like, you know, brainstorming one on the fly. Let's yeah? do it. Perfect. So yep. let's say, for example, most of the audience listening to this podcast are web developers or website consultants and they need more leads. They want more clients to come in to engage them to build websites or run marketing campaigns or do email marketing campaigns or SEO services or whatever it is. So if I'm a, and, and they're specifically WordPress you know, consultants or WordPress developers. So if I'm in that space and I need more clients for my web design agency, mm -hmm. how do I start to think about that? And how do I start to break down and, and plan my quiz? Yeah. Yeah. So let's break it down a little bit. So are we, are we going after individual businesses that we want as clients on WordPress? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Okay. Okay, cool. Uh, and are we taking them and building their first initial web presence or are we kind of maintaining something they've already got? That's a very good question. So let's say maintenance plans are big in, in our industry. We call them mm -hmm. website care plans and they're kind of mm -hmm. like the holy grail of the business model because they're a recurring revenue subscription. So let's mm -hmm. say we're going after, we want to attract more clients for our website care plan business. Perfect. So the one that I would go with, and we've had a lot of success with this one is what type of business owner are you? So if you're selling to individuals who run websites, they are business owners, they're running an online business. So mm -hmm. one thing that's really going to be important is if we go back to that model that we set up where we need to figure out who is in our audience, our mm -hmm. audience is business owners. Mm -hmm. Now we need to break that down. What are our types of business owners? So Within people who run websites, you've probably got a couple of distinct business owners. So there's going to be a social media person. There's always that persona. There's always that person that's huge on social media. Mm -hmm. So that's the social media gurus. That's our social media guru, guru business owner. 
Mm-hmm. Then we're going to have the old school one. There's always this group of people that just likes to do things the old fashioned way. So the old school business owner, mm-hmm. and then you've got the entrepreneurial business owner. So this is the person that's thinking about what's new. This is the opposite of the old school business owner. So we've got our three distinct personas and you could add more if you yep. would like, but sure. we'll go with three to keep it simple sure. for this quiz. So now we've got our outcomes. And we've got our title of our quiz. Mm -hmm. Now going back to the title of the quiz, what type of business owner are you is very important because it fits into our template of what type of blank are you? Mm -hmm. And a little secret here, 70% of the quizzes made on the interact platform. And we've done 45,000 quizzes to date. Mm -hmm. 70% have that same title template. Wow. Because it works. <laughs> it <right>. works. <clears throat> the reason so it works. Don't mess with it because it works. <laughs> don't mess with it. <laughs> Number one rule, don't mess with that title template. The reason it works is because people love to find out about themselves. Mm-hmm. People really, really, really like to learn something about themselves. So in this case, you're going to find out what type of business owner you are. So we've got our results. We've got our title. Now we need to fill in questions that will lead people down a path to one of those three results. Now, the first question that you can ask to try to filter people out is what is your preferred method of networking? And if Mm. they say in person, that's going to go to the old school. Mm. If they say on social media, that's your social media person. Mm. And then if they say something kind of more advanced, a little outside the box, let's say, uh, you know, if they say uh, let's, I mean, there could be social media, in person, and then let's say like conferences, right? So entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. a lot of conferences. Mm-hmm. Those are your three answers. So now we've got those, those correlate to the outcomes. Mm-hmm. And then you wanna run through, create seven questions for this quiz. Mm-hmm. And this, this is where you really, really want to narrow it down. And imagine that you're asking these questions to a single individual. Mm-hmm. And the reason that you wanna imagine you're asking them to a single individual is because it'll keep you honest and make you write them in a very personal way. So Mm -hmm. again, a quiz is a very personal thing. Mm -hmm. You are writing questions to one individual at a time, and it's going to be very obvious if you're trying to write it in a very like kosher, cleaned up way that works for everyone, and people will not like answering those questions. So questions can either draw people in or they can push them away. If you write them in a personal manner, it will work. I also have one other tip on writing questions, which is the uh, tipsy college student rule. I put this in an article that I wrote for Buffer a while back. And basically it is that you should write them as if you were a tipsy college student. So (laughs) it's one way to kind of get yourself out of that mindset of this is not a brochure. This is you asking questions to another individual one at a time. And it's super, super important to remember gotcha. that. So, so kind of like drop your guard a little bit, be a little authentic yeah. and be a little vulnerable. Right. Yeah. I mean, the best quizzes I've ever seen are a little weird. They're a little quirky yeah. <laughs> and they understand, they understand who they're trying to reach. They understand the types of strange things these people say, the answers that they might have. So as you're writing those seven questions, just imagine that it's an actual client and you're having a real conversation with them and it's just a a free flowing conversation. So seven questions, each of them should have at least three answer choices Mm -hmm. so that you can correlate to those results that we came up with, which is a three, three personalities. Mm -hmm. So you've got your questions now, your title and your results. 
Within the results, you want to write short descriptions. So something along the lines of three to four sentences, mm -hmm. keep them all very positive. You have to make your results descriptions positive, even if you say they're old school and mm -hmm. maybe you don't really work with old school clients because that's yep. just not a good fit for you. Still be very positive because no one shares anything negative about themselves. It's yep. not a thing that we do like gotcha. people's Facebook feeds. So yeah. you got to yeah, keep them positive. Right. Don't rainbows and unicorns, man. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So keep them positive and then add images throughout the quiz. So when you're writing quiz questions, Mm -hmm. The question itself should be text mm -hmm. and then the answer should be represented by an image. And the reason for that is a lot of people will take these on their phones. And if you're asking them to read through all that text, it's going to be a lot. But if they just read the sentence and then they look at the pictures to choose their answer, they oh. will finish the quiz twice as fast. Wow. So seven questions with image questions takes two minutes to complete seven wow. questions with text answers and text questions takes four minutes to complete. So wow. we get people through twice as fast and two minutes is the sweet spot, which is why we say seven questions, but mm -hmm. you got to make sure that your answer choices are represented by images. So you've got your title also on the title. There's going to be a cover photo for the quiz. As you've seen these quizzes, a lot of them have cover photos. That yep. cover photo should be one person. So one person on the cover photo and we ran a test and we found that one person gets the most clicks because our eyes are naturally drawn to faces, mm -hmm. but it doesn't work if you have multiple faces. It only works if you have one. So one person on the cover photo, probably a business owner in this example, uh -huh. text questions, images for each answer choice, seven questions. And then you have your results, three to four sentences with an image that represents each one. Each of those results will have a call to action button. That is where you link to the next step in your sales funnel. So if this person is just ready to go and they want to get a free consultation for the entrepreneurial business owner type, they can click that button and do it right away. So that's all of those elements. Then on to the opt-in form. And the way to formulate the opt-in form is say, enter your email to see your business owner personality type. So now it's personalized to the quiz. And then you also want to say, and get free resources on how to improve your business based on your specific business owner personality. So now you're promising to send specific resources to them based on their outcome, which you will do. So when you do connect this up to your email marketing automation program, you'll see a drop down next to each result of which sequence you want these people to go on, depending on which outcome they get. And so then you'll be able to craft those sequences in your email marketing program that go out to people based on their specific type. And, but you want to tell them that you're going to do that because that's, that's a huge draw. Like I'm going to get yeah. personalized stuff just for me. So yep. that's perfect. So those are the elements of creating the actual quiz. And then in terms of promoting it within the interact platform, you can add the script to your website and it will turn it into a pop-up on your site and into an announcement bar on your site. So if you've got an existing ebook that's already a pop-up and an announcement bar, turn that off, turn this on, double your conversions. Gotcha. Okay, so there's a bit to unpack here. A couple of things. If I'm using images as my answers, and let's yep. say, for example, um, I've got a question that's like, you know, what's your favorite social media network? Instead of writing like Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter, I could just use the logo, like a Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn logo, because 
that's easier to click on. Exactly. It takes less time. Okay. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so sort of think strategically about how you can make those answers, turn those answers into images, but still make them really obvious, not cryptic. Yeah, exactly. And you know, sometimes what you'll end up doing is making icons and mm -hmm. using those as the images. So if you have something that doesn't really get represented well by an actual picture, mm -hmm. you can use an icon, an image icon, and that will still represent the text. They don't have to read the text. Got it. Some questions like, are you a man or a woman? What's your age group? They might just be simple text answers because it's only like one word in each. Exactly. Answer. Yes. You can have Got a it. mix, but you want the majority with the images. Okay, cool. Cool. So now, <clears throat> um, I've, I've answered the questions. I've gone down the funnel. It turns out, um, let's say I'm an old school business owner and I have a fax machine in the corner and I still, uh, you know, I play golf every Friday afternoon with my old school buddies. And, um, and so I've, I've opted in. I've, I've, so, so my results at the end of the quiz, my results are kind of given to me. I'm kind of, it said, you know, you're a, you're a traditional business owner uh, versus old school. And, um, you know, the, the benefits of that are blah, 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 blah. Congratulations. We're, uh, you know, we're going to send you this free report based on your specific use case. Mm -hmm. um, tell us where to send the report. And I put my name and email address in. Then how does Interact, I'm assuming that Interact integrates with my email service provider just by being able to tag that contact or place them in a certain list in MailChimp or Infusionsoft so that they then go into the right follow-up sequence. Is that right? Yep, exactly. Cool. Um, and I do notice that you also uh, integrate with Zapier, yeah? Great. So I had a question, which is a little kind of off topic and it's more kind of a business question about interact, but how important was it for you guys to have an API that integrated with things like Zapier versus just ha just saying, well, you can integrate with Aweber and MailChimp and Infusionsoft, but they're the only three. How important was it to open the API up for Zapier? Has that kind of helped grow the user base because now there's more flexibility around integrations? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's helped and it also hasn't. So <laughs> I bet it's increased support tickets, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Zapier is good because if you do have an edge case, you can handle it. But we actually found that a lot of people weren't willing to take that extra step. So huh. what actually opened the door up for us even more than Zapier, actually drastically more, was having native integrations with everyone. So yeah. we've got 15 or 16 native integrations now. Yeah. So everybody we you know we have 90 percent plus of the email marketing market directly integrated and that's what really made a difference when we just had mailchimp and aweber there was a lot of questions about oh do you have get response oh do you have drip do you have convert kit whatever yeah. and it was that was tough but it was really more important to have the native integrations because people don't like taking the extra step yeah gotcha cool interesting okay um, so now once I've, once I've, um, I think one important thing to note is that just because someone sees a Facebook ad and especially for the web consultants that we're talking to here, just because someone clicks a Facebook ad, answers a couple of questions in your quiz, gets the free report based on their answers. It doesn't mean that that person is ready to invest 
you know, $1,000 or $5,000 or $10,000 with your company, right? There's still a sales cycle that kind of needs to happen before you build enough trust with that person to turn them into a customer. Can you speak a little bit about that? Because I think some people's expectations are, wow, these quizzes are blowing up my opt-in rate to, you know, over 60%, but you know, how come I'm not making any sales? And it's typically because the follow-up sequence hasn't sort of been built out. Yeah. So the follow-up sequence is really important and there's two ways you can take it. Number one way is to build out emails that follow up with people and it's all automated. Number two way is to use the quiz as a conversation starter and push people into consultations where you're actually talking with them. Now I'll address the number two way first because it's quicker. Number two way, when you have them into a consultation, talking about quiz, quiz results is an amazing jumping off point. So this isn't somebody who just downloaded your ebook and probably didn't read it. And then you're calling them on your consultation and saying, Hey, did you read the ebook? No. And this is kind of a dead conversation, right? But you talk to them and you say, Hey, it looks like you got the entrepreneurial business owner type. Do you feel like that actually agrees with the way that you do business? Boom. Jumping off point, whether they say yes or no, you're directly jumping into conversation. You can yeah. spin that back into your pitch in so many ways and they will remember their result. There's one thing about quizzes that people remember them for a really, really long time. So it's an amazing memory piece to tie back into those calls. So that's if you're doing actual consultations, actual calls. Now, if you're doing an automated series, there are four emails that you want to send to everybody who takes your quiz and these emails are different depending on which outcome they get, but they're the same in terms of the flow. So the first email that you send is an extended version of the quiz results. So if you're going back to the old school business owner, you're going to talk about how they can use their old school manners online to grow their business. So the ways that they've been able to interact with people, they've been able to build connections over time and how they can connect that back to the website they now run that you can help with. And you really go into a lot more detail. So the title of the email, the subject line is your quiz result is old school business owner, even though they've already seen this on the actual quiz, it's the same title, but the email is longer and it goes into a lot more detail. And then it's up to you whether you want to have a call to action on that first email, depending on how high your price point is, things like that. That's where it varies. If you do have a call to action, it takes them to the next step, whether it's another download or directly to some sort of small opt-in offer, some sort of small sales page. So that's the first email. Now, the second email is here are the other quiz personalities. So people are really, really curious. Once they figure out which one they are, they want to know which one they are. And so you send them this email somewhere between two days and a week later, depending on your audience and how long they typically like to wait to be responded to. And you send them the descriptions from the other personalities. Then as a call to action, if you want people to respond to you, you can say, do you agree with the one that you got? If you don't want them to respond to you, you can have them click through to another offer. Third email, top three tips for old school business owners working online, right? Because you're selling to old school business owners who are working online and you write out 
three tips on how they can use what they've learned over time and translate that online to grow their business. So now you're giving away some free advice that's very specific to them. And you have the same thing for the other sequences, obviously, but it's different for entrepreneurial, so on and so forth. So that's your third email. At the end of that one, you definitely have an opt-in offer in terms of like a sales page or a consultation, moving them to the next step because now you're giving away free information. Yep. And then the final one is how we can help the old school business owner. And this is your pitch. So you're in your fourth email, you're pitching, you are talking about how as a web consultant, you can combine your skills as the new modern marketer with their skills as the old school business owner that comes together in this glorious compilation that eventually makes them very, very rich. So that's what you do in the fourth one. You have a call to action there. And from that point on, you can add them to another drip sequence, move them over to whatever is appropriate, but you want to have that first four email sequence set up. This is awesome, by the way. And I didn't know you were going to drop that value bomb on this episode. And that was not yeah. planned. So thank you very much, Josh, because yeah. I just made a whole bunch of notes. And this here, ladies and gentlemen, is worth the price of admission alone. And that's not bad for a free podcast. Um, there you go. So the other thing I just wanted to say was, you know, you can spin this a couple of ways. Because if you are the old school business guy and I'm selling a website care plan, the way I would be pitching this is I would be saying, listen, you're obviously very good at what you do, which is in-person networking and shaking hands and kissing the baby and doing all that kind of stuff. Let me do what we're really good at, which is taking care of your website. You don't have to worry about it. That frees you up to do what you do really well. Um, And then if you were the social media guru type, I'd be saying the same thing. Like, you know how important your website is, but you're really good at social media. So why don't you concentrate on social media, let us take care of your website, and then you know that you can drive all your social media traffic back to your website and know that it's in safe hands and that we're taking care of it. So you can spin this any way you like. And now you're having a personalized conversation with someone rather than just broadcasting a generic message. Exactly. Right. And you know what to say, like, you know what to say and it's relevant to that person. You know, if you're trying to have it applied to everybody, what are you supposed to say? Like the old school person is going to be like, what are you talking about? The Twitter. I don't know what that is. Right. The the social media person is going to be like, what are you talking about meeting in person? I, I don't have that problem. Like, I don't need more time to meet people in person. I'm online all the time anyways. But now you've divided them out and those messages are super relevant and they hit home in terms of where these people are struggling because they want to spend time doing what they're good at. And so the beauty of this is that, you know, in the real world, when you go and meet clients in person, you ask them a few questions. And within a very short space of time, you get an understanding of what type of client they are so that you can tailor your conversation. This allows you to do it at scale, right? And so the whole kind of personalized um, marketing has been around for a while. But the problem is, is that we, it's very difficult, you know, other than opting in for a lead magnet, someone opts in for one of our lead magnets. I say, okay, they're interested in writing better proposals. They're interested in, you know, recurring revenue. This person is interested in in improving their technical skills. And I can kind of have a conversation based on their tags in Infusionsoft, but this whole, this whole interactive quiz thing allows them to self-select and self-identify and put the hand up and say, I'm really this type of person. And so this is really the type of conversation I want to have with you ongoing. 
Exactly. Yeah. And you can have people filtered into very specific buckets. You can use branching logic. So depending on how they answer one question, they get sent down a completely different path than anyone else. And you can put them exactly where you want them. And you've got this full customer profile by the time you ever have a conversation with them, which is amazing. It's so much more natural in terms of a way to start a conversation. It's exactly like you said, it's like when you sit down with a client, you ask them questions before you start talking about anything. It's the exact same thing. So that was my next question, actually. It was about the, the well, one of the questions I've got here was about the branching logic. Because I know some platforms basically say, well, if you answer A more than B, then you're type A personality. But yeah. I can't really do anything with your answer to question number four because you're kind of just grouped into this generic bucket. But you're saying that we can, with Interact, that we can actually segment based on individual answers of individual questions. Yeah. So not only can you segment in the actual quiz, so you can have people go down a different path, but you can segment in your email list. Like if somebody answers question two, answer B, I want to put them on this MailChimp list. Wow. You can do that. You can use any single data point from the entire quiz, any answer to any question. You can tag them. You can add them to a list. You can add them to a sequence, any of those things based on any specific question or answer or results and get crazy specific with it. That's awesome. That's very, very cool. Um, uh, integration wise, I'm just checking out your website here. You guys integrate with all the big players, Marketo, HubSpot, uh, Salesforce, Infusionsoft, ConvertKit, Acton, Entreport, Drip, Active Campaign. That covers just about MailChimp Campaign Monitor and Aweber, Get Response. It covers just about everyone, um, which is very cool. Uh, and also Facebook ads. So, so tell me how the Facebook ads integration works. Yeah. So you're going to want to track your cost per conversion, right? With Facebook ads. So you can add the pixel to the quiz and then you can have the conversion event be somebody completing a quiz and opting in. Mm -hmm. And the other thing you can do is you can have all the information from the quiz sent over to Facebook. So you can have, yeah, you can have different retargeting based on which personality somebody has. So we've had retail brands. Really? We've had retail brands retarget people based on their personality and their click-throughs from those retargeting are 2.3x their typical click-throughs on their ads so they're 230% increase in click-throughs because they're showing you you know the chic product line when you just took this quiz and you got chic as your result now all these ads are following you around facebook and instagram showing you chic products right it's crazy and that's that that would be even before i've opted in at the end of the quiz right from yeah, a remarketing mm-hmm. point of view. So like if I bounce out halfway through the yeah. quiz, I could just remarket them back to the quiz to finish the quiz. Exactly. You can do, you can, yeah, you can remarket them back once they finish it. You can remarket based on which result they got. Wow. That's insane. Okay. That's yeah. very, very cool indeed. Awesome. Um, hey, this has been super, super helpful. I'm respectful of everyone's time and we do try and keep these uh, episodes pretty short and punchy. Where can people reach out and learn more about the Interact platform? Yeah. So our website is tryinteract.com, T-R-Y interact.com. Awesome. I'm going to link everything we've spoken about and do a detailed summary in the show notes here. Thank you very much, uh, Josh Hainem, for being a part of this. And I'm definitely going to take Interact for a spin and I'm going to report back my results. All right. Well, thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Josh. Take care. 
Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the podcast as much as I did. My head is spinning with ideas on how we're going to use interactive quizzes here at WP Elevation. And I spoke to Josh after the interview and he agreed to come back for a deep dive webinar to show you exactly how to set up one of those quizzes that we talked about during the podcast to help you get more clients for your your WordPress consulting business. So keep your eyes on our website and on your email and on the podcast and on our Facebook page for more information about that webinar coming up in the coming months. Hey, if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe at wpelevation.com slash iTunes. It really helps us come up in the search results and get our podcast in front of more WordPress consultants. Um, And leave us a rating and a review. And of course, hit us up at wpelevation.com on the blog and leave us a comment. The show notes for this episode will be at wpelevation.com slash Josh Hainem. That's J-O-S-H. H-A-Y-N-A-M, all one word, all lowercase. Thanks for being a part of it. Uh, I love having your company here and I look forward to bringing you more content on the podcast uh, here at WP Elevation. Until I talk to you again, my name is Troy Dean. Go Elevate. Go Elevate.